Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I'm Jonathan, and this is episode 7 in the 10-part series called Overcomers Series. So you and I are overcomers in Christ, and it's by walking along the narrow path, following the voice of our Master Jesus, that we walk into the abundant life. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. And so Jesus is that narrow path. He is the way that leads to life. Did you notice in Romans, it says that, in Romans, it says that the mind that is set on the flesh is death, but the mind that is set and controlled by the spirit finds life and peace. You don't find life and peace on your own. You cannot find life and peace from a self-help book, from an accountant, from a business plan. It's impossible. You only find life and peace when you set your mind on the Holy Spirit. In fact, when the Holy Spirit controls you. So this Overcomers series is a secret from the Holy Spirit. He, it's like you're blind and you don't know how to get out of prison. But the Holy Spirit has a door. And the only way to get out that door and to find that door in the dark is to follow his voice. And he will lead you out of prison. And he will lead you into victory. And he will lead you into abundance. Because God knows the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. Have you noticed when you ring the bank, you can never get through to a real person? And they want a password, and it's never the password that you told them. It's always some other password. And everything in this life is difficult. But Jesus said, I have overcome the world. So the secret is not to fight against flesh and blood, like Paul said in Ephesians 6. The secret is to leave the world system. Don't even operate in it. Don't jump into a fight with the devil. Don't jump into religion. Don't jump into politics. Don't fight against people. Just don't hop into the ring. When the devil wants to fight you, don't hop into the ring. Just stay in the ring with Jesus. The devil won't come to you there. Jesus said, and the title for today's message, by the way, is family. Family is incredibly important. Your parents were not the perfect example of the love of God. God loves to adopt the fatherless. God is the spirit of adoption. And at the end of the day, all of us have been hurt by our fathers and by our mothers, even when they were perfect, because nobody is like our Father in heaven. And at the end of the day, all of your victory is going to come through love. All of your victory is going to come through 
receiving and acknowledging the goodness of God. Psalm 146 says, The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked. The Bible says in Romans 8 that you have not received a spirit of slavery that leads to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. So everyone in the world who doesn't know God is a slave to fear. They fear God, they fear death. We are free from the fear of death. Oh, death, where is your sting? So at the end of the day, everything in the kingdom of God is on a foundation of love. And everything that is a foundation of love is a foundation of acceptance. And the purpose and meaning of family is acceptance. But the reality is every one of us have been rejected by our family, even when they don't know it. You know, maybe you're rejecting people too because it's out of your own hurt. Someone once said that hurting people hurt people. You know, he was a social worker and my father-in-law, he said, hurting people hurt people. Broken people break people. So I want you to know that God is your God. God accepts you. God is a good father. Why don't you ask him? And I ask, Father, that this person listening would know that you are good, that you would show them your goodness, that you would show them your glory in Jesus' name. So one part of family is understanding and letting go of the fact that your family wasn't perfect and that you may have wounds in your spirit. You may have wounds in your heart and in your soul because of the just the imperfections of your family. No matter how good they were, no matter how bad they were, the reality is the devil has tried to lay a foundation of slavery in your heart. So part of the process of becoming an overcomer and part of the work of the Holy Spirit who's leading you into life and peace is healing those wounds and restoring your soul. So he's, he's confirming to you his love. He's confirming to you his adoption today. He's confirming to you that you're accepted. When you're accepted, you don't, you're confident. When you're accepted and you're confident, you ask. When you're accepted and you're confident and you ask, you receive everything you asked. So that's the first part about family. The second part about family is that Jesus said your enemies will be in your own household. You know, Jesus said of Judas, in John chapter 6, he said, Have I not chosen you, the twelve disciples, yet one of you is a devil? So even Jesus had a devil in his twelve. Paul, John says, you know, many antichrists have come. So even in the church, there are many antichrists, people who are against the anointing. So in 1 John 2, this is the family of God. It says, Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. And this is how that we know that it's the last hour. Paul talks about our love feasts and how you know many people um, are sitting in church eating in the bar, eating in the family of God, yet they are not in the kingdom of God. 
So I just want you to know that just because somebody says they're a Christian doesn't mean they're in the kingdom of God. Just because somebody is your family doesn't mean that they're in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, whoever leaves wife and field for me is, is going to receive 130 and 60 times what was sown in this life and in the life to come. So have you left father and mother? Have you left your, a field for Jesus? So Jesus is saying, follow me, seek me first above your family. Okay? So I just need you to understand this. It's in Matthew 19, verse 29. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Now, I've definitely done this many, many, many times. I've walked away from jobs. I've walked away from cars. I've walked away from businesses. And when my family are not following God, they lose and God wins. And I will not, I have not moved from my position. So you need to be standing on the rock. If you're not standing on the rock, you're standing on some rocky, some rocky ground. Are you standing on your wife? Are you standing on your husband? Are you standing on your church? Or are you standing on the word of God? Praise God and rejoice if they are the same thing. If your wife is standing on the rock with you, then you have double. But if she's not, then don't you dare get off the rock. Same as your church. Same as your church. You know, Jesus said there are whitewashed tombs. These are clouds without rain. Proverbs 25.14 says, Like clouds without rain, and wind without rain is one who boasts of a gift and never gives. So there are people who are calling themselves a Christian, but they are boasting of gifts that are never given. That's also quoted in Jude chapter 1, verse 12. So are there people in your life who say that they're Christians? They say that they love God, but they don't love God because they don't obey him. I'm telling you, it's so easy to know. Are they obeying Jesus? They might look good on the outside, but they're whitewashed tombs, aren't they? Jude chapter 1 says, These people are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain. See, they are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit, and uprooted twice dead. These are very critical, strong words, but they are true, and they are in the Bible. So these are Christians. These are people who say that they're Christians, but they don't follow God. They don't obey Jesus. This is the evidence that we obey Jesus, that we love. 
that we are like Jesus, that we follow him, that we obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome because once you've let go of your life, once you've died, only then will you truly live. So I'm, I'm, this is the meat of the word, guys. This isn't an easy message, but this is the truth and the only message. So what I want you to know is you will never overcome. You will never win in life if you are standing on the rock that is not Christ. You will never overcome. You will, no matter how many things God gives you, they will be lost because the devil will steal them because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you're doing what your wife says and not what God says, you're going to lose. If you're doing what your pastor says and he's a whitewashed tomb who has a form of godliness but denies its power, what is the form of godliness but denies its power? What power? Let me tell you a massive secret. This is a mystery. The Bible says in 2 Peter that, sorry, in 2 Timothy verses chapter 3 verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying its power. What power? The power of godliness. So what's godliness? Godliness is being like God. Godliness is being like God. Or who are we to be like God? Well, we are. The devil killed Jesus for saying that he was like God. That was the biggest threat. That was the biggest threat, is being like God. Listen, the whole Bible, every trouble we have is about being like God. Number one, Adam and Eve were questioned, did God really say that you are like God? The battle in the garden was about being like God. And I'll tell you that even before that, Satan found out that he was not like God. And that's why he was kicked out. I'm telling you, this is the biggest, num this, this is the jewel in the crown. This is the number one thing that the devil attacks. This is the pure revelation that the whole of creation has been attacking since the beginning of time. What I'm telling you now, this is the highest revelation. You are like God. Number one, Adam and Eve were attacked. What was attacked? About being like God. The devil tried to offer them godliness. The devil tried to offer them godliness. You can be like God. Then the devil attacked Jesus in the desert. If you are the son of God. He was asking the devil, he was, the devil was asking Jesus, if you are the son of God, again, are you like God? Then finally, the Pharisees killed Jesus because he said he was like God. That's why they killed him. The Pharisees didn't like the fact that Jesus made himself equal to God. So 
then the most incredible thing, Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus made himself out to be like him, like to be like God. And that is why he was crucified. So the devil was attacking Adam and Eve because he claimed to be like God. Because he was telling them that you can be like God. So it's about God likeness. Then the devil attacked Jesus in the Bible and said, are you really the son of God? If you are, you can turn these bread into stones into bread. And then Jesus makes us like God. Isn't that amazing? Jesus makes us like God. It's exactly the same. This is the reality. God in us, the hope of glory. God in us, the hope of glory. 1 John 2 says, Whoever claims to abide in Christ must walk as Jesus walked. So we walk like God. John, Jesus prayed in John 17 that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and they may all be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. So we're one with God. To Peter, by which we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers in the divine nature. Again, partakers in the divine nature means taking part in God. Revelation 3, to him who overcomes, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. Ephesians 4, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God. Hello? Okay, guys. So this is the secret that the devil, number one secret in the universe that the devil has fought. This is the number one secret in the universe that Satan has fought. This is the number one battle of the universe. This is the battle of all time. This is it. Once you know that you are like God, then it's over. Then you win, the devil's kicked out, and you will reign in life. You will be victorious. But if you don't understand this, you won't understand what is happening around you. You will not understand the battle that you're in. Jesus was persecuted because he claimed to be God. And that is the biggest contention. This is the biggest, the biggest contention. Because if you know that you're God on the earth, you're not the creator God, you are the created God-man. You are meant to be like Jesus. If you, the Bible says if you suffer with him, you will also reign with him. The Bible says, Jesus prayed, Father, I pray that you give them the glory that we had in the beginning. So Jesus is sharing his glory. He is. In the Old Testament, he was like, don't touch my glory. In the New Testament, he's like, take it. 
And Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the foundation of the world. And he said, Father, I pray that the glory that we had in the beginning, that you would give them. That's you and me. So we are above the angels. We are the ruling class on the earth. And we are to walk in dominion. But you'll never walk in dominion if you don't. know who you are john 17 verse 24 no let's go to verse 22 i have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one there we go we are one with god right now we are one with god right now that is the contention that is the contention we are one with God, not just in principle, but in behavior. Yeah? So it's action. It's faith without works is dead. It's relationship. Because when you are one with God, that means you can ask anything and he hears you. So the devil's scared that you would know who you are because then you would kill him. Then you would walk in the greater works of Jesus. Then you would rule and reign in life and then you would be an overcomer. So let's wrap this up this episode, guys. Family is critically important because that is where your enemies are. Even if your wife or husband or children are born again, filled with the Spirit, the devil can still try and talk through them. If you don't believe me, ask Jesus when Peter told him not to go to the cross. Jesus rebuked him. Did he not? Didn't Paul fight mostly against Christians? Super apostles who were trying to steal his church? Wolves in sheep's clothing? blemishes in the love feast antichrists these are people in the church i'm telling you wake up your enemy is in your own household if that sounds familiar jesus said it matthew 10:36 a man's enemies will be the members of his own household i said a man's enemies will be enemies will be the members of his own household I said a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. This is the kingdom of God. This is Jesus Christ. This is the battle that we're in today. And if you don't know you're in a battle, you're dead. So wake up. I'm not saying don't love. I'm not saying don't forgive. I'm not saying to judge. I'm saying wake up. Jesus Christ is king and he wants his reward and you will never bear fruit if you're being tossed and turned with every wind of doctrine. Be planted firmly on the rock, which is the word of God. Don't be led by your wife or your husband or your pastor if they're not standing on the rock. How do you know if they're on the rock? Because they do what he says. They obey his commandments. Are they loving? Or are they whitewashed tombs? 
what is a form of godliness but denying its power? The power, listen, you haven't got it yet. I'm telling you the truth. You haven't got it. What power? When it says that in 2 Timothy, a form of godliness but denying its power. What is that power? It's the power of godliness. What's a form of godliness? Someone who has a who looks like they look like God. So godliness is looking like God. A form of godliness is faking it. So who are those who are faking that they look like God? Maybe they maybe they have the right clothes, maybe they have the right uniform, maybe they have the right the right words, but they don't have the power. I'm telling you, the power of godliness is a perfect life. The power of godliness is a perfect life. A power of godliness is walking as Jesus walked. The power of godliness is unity. The power of godliness is love. The power of godliness is, is manifestation of the sons of God. And ha- who are they? Those are those who walk like Jesus. This is the test. This is the test of the 21st century. Do you walk like Jesus? Do you walk like Jesus in dominion? Or are you a whitewashed tomb? So finally, last scripture, Matthew 10, 34. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So again, Jesus is bringing division. He's dividing between the wheat and the chaff, between the sheep and the goats between the believers and the unbelievers he shakes off the dust of his feet if someone doesn't believe move on if someone doesn't want jesus move on if so, if you can't pray for people because they don't believe don't wa- move on don't worry about it jesus healed people because the presence of god was there to heal if you are a son of god you will manifest healing you will manifest power but it's not always your fault So let me pray, guys. This is getting heavy, but this is a fact and the truth. Father, I just want to thank you that these people have the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I thank you that they have the powers of the age to come. I thank you that they walk in godliness because they believe in godliness. They believe in who you made them to be. You made them in the image of God. You made them in the likeness of God. And they are being transformed into your likeness in Jesus' name. They are being transformed into your image in Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray that they would know how to manage their family, that they would know how to love their family, but also how to fight the battle that is in the mind. So 
I've given you the last scripture, but I want to give you some warfare. Ephesians 6 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. So this is all about family. Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Slaves, obey your master. So what he's doing here is getting the order correct. He's getting the order right. So he's making sure that it's in order. So you, you, even though your battle is at home, even though the devil might be in your house and your enemy, you're still responsible to love them. Jesus loved the Pharisees by telling them the truth. Jesus prayed for and submitted to the Romans, even though they killed him. So you are responsible. This is not about abdication of responsibility. If you're married, you stay married. You are stuck. You don't, if you have a bad boss, you are not allowed to quit. You obey your boss. If you have a bad pastor, I mean, maybe God's telling you to get away because Paul actually says, run away from those people. Those who have a form of godliness but not denying his power, run from them. Okay, so there might be a period of time when you have to leave, but otherwise you stay in your church. You honor your pastor. You pray for your pastor. Even though they don't know God, even though they don't do what's right, whoever they are, whether it's your employer or your wife or your husband or your children, you are responsible to love them. That's why Paul says, get your family in order. Pray for your leaders, submit to your employers, submit to your husbands, submit to your wives, love your children. So you must obey God. You must walk in love. You must walk in forgiveness. You are never not to walk in forgiveness. You are never to judge. That doesn't change. But he goes on in Ephesians 6 to say our battle is not with flesh and blood but against the principalities and powers of this dark age. So what he's saying is you must be in love. You must submit to God, submit to your parents, submit to your leaders, pray for them, don't judge them. But what he's saying is in the spiritual realm, you're not fighting them, you're fighting the spirits behind them. So how do you fight? Well, it's all to do with abiding. This is the biggest secret of warfare, and it's in Ephesians chapter 6. It's got nothing to do with physically fighting it has everything to do with standing listen to how long how many times it says to stand ephesians chapter 6 tells you how to be in order the way you be in order is you obey god submit to god resist the devil and he will flee okay so ephesians chapter 6 says Submit to God, okay? So finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil. So he's already said three times to stay in Christ because he says, first of all, in verse 10, be strong in the Lord. So your warfare is by being in the Lord and in the power of his might. So your warfare in your victory is by being in the power of his might. You're not going to win by being in the power of your might. You see, the devil is going to try to move through your family like Judas moved in Jesus' friends, like Peter spoke to Jesus as though he was the devil. Like Paul said, there are blemishes in your love feast, clouds without rain and antichrists and super apostles and wolves in sheep's clothing. See, your own... Members of your household will be your enemies, said Jesus. 
in Matthew chapter 10, verse 36. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God. So again, your weapons are in God. Now, Ephesians 6 puts everything in order. So you, before you fight, and by the way, you don't move by fighting, you stand. Like in Braveheart, stand, hold, hold, hold. Because when you do fight, the only result is the enemy is obliterated. When you do speak, when you do strike that chain, every time you lay hands on the sick, they are immediately healed. Every time you rebuke the devil, he's destroyed and tortured and removed from the whole region and from the country. Every time you speak, you win. Every time you speak, you blow the skin off the face of the enemy. Psalm says, God, break their jawbone, smash the teeth of the ungodly. So Paul says to put your family in order first. Ephesians chapter 6 starts with children, obey your parents. So that is the right thing to do. Honor your mother and father. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Slaves, obey your master. So if you go to a church that you don't like, you're still meant to go. But you're meant to love them. You're not free from the responsibility to love. You're not free from the responsibility to be Christ. You're not free from the responsibility to not judge and to forgive. But in the spirit, after you've loved, after you've done everything in order, after you're a wife who's submitted to your husband, after you're a husband that's loving your wife, after you're a child that's obeying your father, after you're a father that's not exasperating your children, after you're serving at work with a good attitude, no matter how much they pay you or don't pay you, then the battle becomes remaining in Christ. So you've got to be in order. You've got to be in order. Jesus didn't speak back to the high priest. Jesus submitted to the Romans. The kingdom is not limited. Paul was not chained. The word of God was not chained, even though Paul was. So have a look at how many times you need to stand. How many times does Paul say in Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, to not move. See, warfare is won by not moving. Don't advance forward. Don't retreat backwards. Just stand. That is abiding. Only move forward when God says to, and you will be guaranteed to win every time. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's standing. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil. Again, that's standing. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil is, you may be able to stand your ground. Again, being immovable. So warfare is not about attacking, yelling, and screaming. Warfare is about remaining in Christ. It's about putting on peace. It's about being immovable no matter what is going on around you. Paul was shipwrecked. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was imprisoned, and he didn't move. He remained full of faith and steadfast. He didn't change. And neither will you today. In addition, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And he goes on and on and on. So guys, I want you to know that warfare is won by standing. Warfare is won by not moving. Warfare is won by showing the God and the devil that you are in Christ. In Jesus' name. So I release the power of God over your family. I release the grace, gift, and the ability to love them no matter what. 
and I declare you are a warrior today. Today you have been chosen. Today you have been approved and promoted and, in, and you have entered the battle. You've entered the battle with eyes wide open and you're going to win every battle. So you don't have to be afraid because God is with you. And this is the secret of godliness. You are like God because you are in God. So why don't you receive from his power today? God, I pray I release power over this person, both in the knowledge and experience of God, but also in the ability to release the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen.